Oh, hell yeah. Welcome to Football Life Presents the Audible. I am your host, Randy Hammond, on this 316 day, stone cold day, an impromptu episode for you, uh, free agency frenzy edition. So no rundown, full on mess of a show. Where's everyone going? We don't know. We're going to walk you through it here on the show. Uh, Matt Bushnell, uh, blah, blah, blah. Weather's probably great in Arizona. Uh, give us the update. Cold. So cold, cold, 56, 56 degrees right now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's like the best weather day I've had in the last three months was 56 degrees. So it's a solid 21 degrees here in the capital region today, but that's all right. Cause spring is here. It's in the air. It's almost here. We almost made it. Uh, but <laughs> like I said, free agency frenzy, we have no rundown. So I'm just going to jump right into this, Matt. Let's go. Uh, it has been a crazy couple days with players agreeing to contracts here and there. This is the legal tampering period uh, in the NFL, so players can agree to contracts, but technically they cannot sign until the league year, which is tomorrow. Uh, but anyway, most of these uh, agreements are, are you know set in stone, and this is usually what happens. So uh, we're going to start off with the New England Patriots, Matt, and they, <laughs> they took 2020 personally. Uh, Bill Belichick is uh, taking Tom Brady winning the Super Bowl with another franchise person. Personally, uh, and he is spending more money than the Patriots have spent. Uh, it feels like ever. Uh, at first, you know, they give Cam Newton a one-year deal up, worth up to fourteen million, and you're like, all right, well, that's not great. But then uh, they they make a big splash with Johnu Smith with the tight end from the Titans, a four-year, fifty million dollars. This is all after they traded for Trent Brown, by the way, the offensive tackle for the Oakland Raiders. On top of uh, after Johnu Smith. You end up with Devon Godchow, uh, Godchow, French, so excuse my pronunciation there, uh, from the Dolphins, $16 million. Henry Anderson, the defensive tackle for the Jets, $7 million. Matt Judon, uh, four years, $56 million from the for the, the lineman from the, the Ravens. Jalen Mills, the safety from the Eagles, four years, $24 million. And then you think they're done. They had two wide receivers, Nelson Aguilar for two years, $26 million. Kendrick Bourne, three years, $22 million. And then the one today, which is, feels like a slap in the nuts for all everyone who like wanted a playmaking tight end, but Hunter Henry, three years, $37.5 million. It feels like Bill is trying to recreate the Gronk-Hernandez uh, tight end duo from back in the day, like 10 years ago now. Uh, Matt, the Patriots are going all in on this. They, they are not trying to go out, down in the sun, uh, go out in the sunset by any means. Yeah, no, they are guns blazing and they're ready to go. And the defense is going to have everyone coming back that sat out from the COVID season. (laughs) Buffalo, you had a nice one-year stretch here. Uh, It puts pressure on Miami because everything that this is doing is accentuating Cam's strengths, rolling out um, quick moving wide receivers with tight ends that get open down the middle. I, I really like this, what the Patriots are doing offensively. You have to remake that offense. That defense is going to be scary good. Uh, Buffalo and Miami have work to do now, Randy. I, I, I think New England may be in the driver's position with these moves. The crazy thing is they're not done. Every reporter out there will say the Patriots are still looking to make more moves. I don't know what those moves entail. It could be a quarterback. Uh, I – don't know if Cam Newton's going to get the best out of this offense and what it potentially could be. But with that said, they were seven and nine last year with Cam Newton and with nobody really on offense. So this could be something that Cam could build off of. And, you know, he didn't play well after COVID. So maybe in a fresh year, healthy, he can, he can turn into something, but I think the Patriots are gunning after a quarterback and I don't know who Matt, if there's a quarterback out there, 
who do you think the Patriots could realistically target here in free agency now that the fact that they already have Cam? I, I would have to look at someone with a similar skill set, probably a guy like, dare I say it, Mitch Trubisky. I think Mitch makes a lot of sense in New England. Obviously, he's not a world beater. He's not going to change the dynamic with that team. He's not going to shift the power of balance. But what you do is you protect yourself. You don't have to make whole-scale scheme changes with Mitch. Mitch makes a lot of sense there. I, I kind of feel like Andy Dalton might be in play here, but it seems like the two finalists for Andy Dalton services will be two other teams that we'll get to later, but... Yeah, I, right. Right now, I, I think it's Mitch Trubisky in New England. Yeah, well, it would be interesting. Uh, I think Bill could, if anyone could get the most out of him, I would think it's Bill Belichick. But uh, I think that they have their eyes on a trade. Uh, I have some Patriots fan friends in my life. I live in the uh, Northeast, so obviously that's the thing. They have their all their. They want a reunion. They want Jimmy Garoppolo back on the Patriots. They want to call the 49ers and they want to make that deal happen somehow. Obviously, he was traded from the Patriots to the Niners for two second round picks uh, three years ago now, but they want him back. They want to re- run it back with Jimmy G and do what they would, what was supposed to happen in their eyes. Let him take back over for what Tom Brady for for Tom Brady and his career there. The other option they want is Derek Carr. And we talked about it. I just don't see a situation where John Gruden's going to trade Derek Carr to New England. I just don't see it. But those are the two names that I'm seeing out there for for trade uh, options. But uh, I'll say this. I think we'd be killing any team for giving Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne $48 million over the next five years. (laughs) (laughs) Other than that, the moves are fine. Uh, until they get a better quarterback, I'm avoiding John Smith and Hunter Henry in fantasy, but I have no doubt those guys are a big part of the plan as they're in New England uh, for the foreseeable future. Well, and I, I do want stre- I, I to stress here, not stretch, but I'll, maybe I'll stretch later here. Uh, <laughs> Nelson Aguilar has no guaranteed money on his deal. And then Kendrick Bourne only has $5.25 million in guarantees. That's a good point. So... While it is money still, it's not yeah. guaranteed money. It's not a huge chunk of guaranteed money. And then right. they still have Julian Edelman. Um, it, it gives them options in the draft, though, too. I think that's kind of what we're ignoring. Maybe they trade up in the draft and get a guy like a Zach Wilson or a Justin Fields. Um, let yeah. him be that one-year guy. I, Jimmy Garoppolo, I, I think he's with the 49ers. I'm not sure if they have a desire to trade him. I think they want to have competition in there. But – to me, I, I, I honestly believe the Patriots are probably looking at drafting a quarterback, maybe Mac Jones, who's very popular. But when it comes to free agency, Bill's going crazy. Yeah, going nuts. Uh, they, they had some holes. They wanted to fix it. They, they want to be relevant again. So here we are. Uh, speaking of the of for, now former Patriot, the Kansas City Chiefs making a huge signing. Uh, they released Mitchell Schwartz. They released Eric Fisher. What are they going to do about the offensive line? Well, Joe Tootie, the offensive guard, versatile offensive lineman for the Patriots, signing with the Chiefs for a five-year, $80 million contract, uh, $33 million fully guaranteed. Look, you got Patrick Mahomes, you have to protect him here. And I thought Mitchell Schwartz was one of the best tackles in the league, but he's probably older. Maybe they know more about this injury than we do. So ultimately, they had they decided to move on. Joe Tootie in the door for Kansas City. Hard for me to criticize this move. Yeah, from what I heard, Mitchell Schwartz was asked if he was going to retire, and he told the Chiefs he didn't know. Okay. Um, it, it still had to be determined, and they just didn't want to play the waiting game. 
Now you take a look at the Chiefs. Joe Tooney, great signing. They're not done yet because Trent <laughs> Williams is also on their board. So uh, you, you lose two starting offensive linemen. You're like, you know what? Let's just go get maybe two of the best ones out there and Joe Tooney and Trent Williams. So Trent Williams, I'm hearing reports that he's getting closer to going to my beloved Chicago Bears, but Kansas okay. City is not out of it. They're very much alive. But right now it appears to be the Bears and the Chiefs for Trent Williams. The 49ers are out. Well, if they got Trent Williams, the Chiefs, they're right back in it. Uh, they replaced Fisher and Schwartz uh, with very good options, if that's the case. Uh, so the Chiefs reloading and saying, hey, we got Patrick Mahomes still, and you know, we're – we're not going anywhere. They also signed defensive end Taco Charlton, so for a, a for a one year deal, or they re-signed Taco Charlton. He was already there, but they just uh, kept him anyway. All right, we're gonna move to my football team though because they made news right before we went live here. Uh, <laughs> Leonard Williams has been a controversial topic for the Giants for the last few years, and uh, Dave Gettleman traded a third and fifth round pick for him a couple years ago. They franchise tagged him last offseason. They franchise tagged him this offseason, and now they have agreed to a three year deal worth. $63 million and $45 million fully guaranteed. Holy moly. Uh, this year will be only an $11 million cap hit, but on average it's $22.5 million per season. I'm sorry, Ben Bushnell. Len Williams is not worth that much money. Who, Randy. This one is definitely one that I don't – I'm not sure if I agree with either. I mean, three years, $63 million, $21 million to a – defensive tackle in a three, four scheme that has had one outstanding year of production. I, I think he's good at setting an edge and stopping the run. I mean, he, he is very good against the run. He also has ranked among, among the higher echelon of defensive tackles for pressures, but I'm really weary of paying a defensive tackle, Aaron Donald money. Aaron Donald is the only defensive tackle I'd pay 20 million plus two. The rest of them I kind of view as replaceable. They have short shelf lives. Um, and, you know, you can just, it, it feels like you can find them. And to me, it feels like the guard position. Obviously, you want a really good one. If you're playing a 3 4 defensive end, you know, maybe. I don't know where Lennon Williams fits in the top interior defensive lineman in the NFL. But yeah, three years, 63 million, eh, too rich for my blood. It's a lot, and you let his running mate right there in the defensive line, Dalvin Tomlinson, leave. He signs with the Vikings for two years and $22 million, which is a much more friendly number for a guy who is so underrated, uh, is very good in the interior, who I think helped Williams. I know the stats don't show that Williams got his sacks with, William, with Tomlinson on the field, but it doesn't matter. I think those two work really well together, and Tomlinson is damn good in the middle, and the Giants lost a huge piece uh, in this because, of, I would say, because of Leonard Williams, but it's not Leonard Williams' fault. It's Dave Gettleman's fault <laughs> for, for putting the Giants in this situation. There's so much to unpack here because the Packers were willing to trade a mid-round pick for him in, you know, last season. Right. And now we're looking at this situation all over again, Gettleman with um, Landon Collins. He could have traded Landon Collins for a second or a late first, and he chose to hang on to him and lose him in free agency. This is bad GMing 101. He doesn't restructure contracts. He doesn't take advantage of players. It's like the old adage, buy low, sell high. You know, he could have sold high on Tomlinson or he could have sold high on Williams. Yep. It, it, to me, it just reeks of 
bad management of a roster. You're putting um, Joe Judge, you're taking his hands and putting it behind his back. Yep. And by trading Tomlinson last year, you see what Leonard Williams can do without him there. And if he's not as effective and if, you know, him and Dexter Lawrence aren't the same together, maybe you could say, hey, we think Tomlinson was a lot of to do with your success and you're not paying him as much as you are right now. It is just asinine the process that they've put themselves through with this Leonard Williams situation for a player who doesn't play a premium position, a player who has been underwhelming for most of his career and a player who's straight up telling you, I want $20 million minimum per year. Okay. Well, we got you a 19 and a half of the franchise tag. If that's not enough, we send the tag and then go sign Tomlinson or make some other moves because you have depth to that position already. It already took a hit with losing Tomlinson, which I, like I said, is I don't really, I'm not really a big fan of. I just, I cannot believe what the Giants did here with Leonard Williams. And he put them in such a bad situation. They couldn't make any moves on day one. Their one big move on day one of the legal tampering period was Devontae Booker, uh, like journeyman running back, who's like 30, who to two years, $6 million deal. And if that's the move you make on day one, just shows me you have no idea what you're doing and you're in the front office. So uh, that's the update with the Giants that happened shortly before. And John Ross, so they agreed to a deal with former Bengals wide receiver. If you might remember, he ran a 4-2-40 in the combine. So he's he's fast. So <laughs> and one-year deal worth $2.5 million. So uh, not really a big deal, but upside is there. I don't hate that move. Yeah. Well, let's go across the, across the park, across the locker room to the Jets. Let's do it. Because I, I feel like the Jets are big winners here, Randy. A couple yeah. awesome's a great signing. I really, love that move. Yeah. Corey Davis. I love him as a wide receiver. These are two big needs that they needed to address. They nailed both of them, I thought. Carl Lawson, not the greatest um guy I would put out there, but you know, I, I feel like he's good enough. Um Jared Davis, very interesting inside linebacker, played um, I want to say for Detroit for a few years. Uh, you know, he'll tackle, but is this a move to maybe move C.J. Mosley? Yeah. Well, I was going to say put him next to C.J. Mosley even, and I'm sure he will be a lot better too. I, I really like – I remember Drod Davis coming out of college, uh, I believe – what was he, Florida? Uh, yeah. I don't – so he had a lot of potential coming out. So put him next to a stud linebacker and see what happens. I like the Corey Davis signing three years, $37.5 million. I would have liked to see the Jets go after Galladay, and there's no saying that they won't, but – uh, Davis, I'm not sure, is at number one. He's very talented. He's easily the best receiver on the Jets right now. So they upgraded at that position. And Carl Lawson it, it might not be the best pass rusher in the league, but he's an upgrade at a position of need. Uh, he uh, had nine sacks last year. We talked about him big time in the, the tag segment uh, a couple weeks ago. The Jets, uh, three years, $45 million for Carl Lawson. He's going to come in there and be a pass rusher next to uh, an already decent defensive line. At least they have a big man in the middle there. Uh, so mm-hmm. I, the defensive line got a lot better with this Carl Lawson signing. Yeah, the, the Jets scheme-wise are going to look a little bit different, but Salah should have a pretty good grasp on what they're going to be doing. Um, yeah, I, I think at the end of the day, you take a look at the Jets. I think a lot of their moves are going to be made through the draft. And I, I, I'm going to put it on the line right now, Randy. They're trading Sam Darnold. I, I don't know who he's going to, but I, I think they're definitely going to move him. I think they want that cost-controlled rookie deal with a guy like Zach Wilson or Justin Fields, one of those two quarterbacks. Maybe Trevor Lawrence falls to them. But I think Sam's out. They're gearing up. You know, uh, Mekhi Becton is a great offensive lineman. This is an offensive line deep draft. 
the, yeah. the elite talent is elite. You know, there's very few of those elite guys, but it is very, very rich in the good to average offensive linemen in this draft. You, you, and you're going to find really good guards later on in this draft. So I feel pretty yep. good about drafting. Yep. Uh, Jets fans wanted Unique and Gakwe, which uh, they missed out on because Unique signs a one-year deal with the Oakland Raiders. Matt, uh, he's been a guy who's kind of his third team in the last year. <laughs> so uh, two-year deal worth $26 million. He might have been a blessing in, uh, uh, for the Jets to miss out on him at, at this point. Yeah, it seems like a guy that wears out his welcome awfully quick, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, to, to, to me, I, I would be concerned about that. The Raiders need pass rush help. You know, I'm surprised they didn't go get uh, Matt Judon. I thought yeah. Judon was probably the best guy on the market. But, you know, I I, I don't think Nagakwe is a, is a huge downgrade. He's going to help that defense. And this is why they're not trained Derek Carr. Because we've been saying the Raiders don't view Derek Carr as the problem. They view right. that defense as the problem. They hung in there with Kansas City. They were taking Kansas City's best shot. No way Derek Carr gets moved. The Nagakwe signing indicates that. And I guarantee you they're going to go defense in this draft as well. Probably. They have been de- uh, defense heavy, it feels like, in their uh, first few years there with Gruden and uh, uh I don't remember his name, but anyway, they've been uh, defense heavy for a while now for Mike Mayak. But Mike Mayak, I the scout, I tip my tongue. All right, we're gonna move on. We're gonna stay in the same division. Uh, the Chargers giving center Corey Lindsley a massive five-year, sixty-two and a half million dollar deal worth twenty-six million over the first two years. Hey, you have Justin Herbert, your franchise quarterback in the future. You want a guy who he has chemistry with at the center position. Underrated. Uh, we don't ever talk about centers on the show, or no one ever really talks about centers, but centers are so important to uh, your your team and your, your your game each and every week. So you have a young quarterback, you need a guy he can trust, the Chargers lock their guy up. Yeah, I, I like Corey Lindsley a lot. And as a Bears fan, it was always frustrating to play against him, especially without having Eddie Goldman. And, you know, to me, it's a win-win. I get to see one of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL have a premium offensive lineman to help him grow. And the Packers lose an all pro center win win. <laughs> right. It is going to be a big blow for the Packers, I think. And uh, speaking of the Packers, they've made one move and I think it's a questionable one. Uh, we're going to move on now uh, to Aaron Jones, four year deal worth $48 million. I cannot believe they resigned him. And for that much money, uh, they already had uh, Jamal Williams and, they drafted a guy, so I'm surprised Aaron Jones is back with the pack. Yeah, to me, the Packers are in this crossroads of a situation. They're trying to appear to appease Aaron Rodgers, but they lose games because of the same sort of deal. Their defense just isn't good enough, whether it's on the back end or up front stopping the run. So what do you do? You pay a position that, you know, in your own words, Randy, is very replaceable. you don't need to pay a guy 48 million dollars to play running back in this league to have a good running game and and you already have the best quarterback in the nfl you know top three i think top four so that's already going to put pressure on that defense to not come with eight in the box you can go get a guy in the draft for cheap that can run behind a pretty decent offensive line now we go to the defense wide receiver imagine if you could have got kenny galladay on you know the Packers to help Aaron Rodgers or if you got Hunter Henry for the tight end position 
there's just so many things here. Defensively, Matt Judon would have been nice. I know they probably wouldn't afford him. Jared Davis, as we talked about, what he would have been an upgraded inside linebacker position. John Johnson, the safety that went to Cleveland. The Packers could have made some moves here. Shaquille Griffin at cornerback, another guy. So to me, this is just really a big swing and a miss. Yeah, I don't get it. Like uh, Jacob in the comments said, and A.J. Dillon, too, the guy they drafted in the second round last year. So I'm just surprised the position largely replaceable to spend a lot of money on. Apparently, Aaron Jones is beloved in the locker room. So maybe Rodgers has something to do with that. I don't know. Uh, A.A. Ron back with A.A. Ron in Green Bay. Uh, now to the team who beat them in Green Bay in the NFC title game and the defending Super Bowl champions. They just have more money than anyone, apparently, and they have guys who want to come back on cheap deals to run it back. And that's what happens when you win. People want to play for you. Chris Godwin gets the franchise tag. Rob Gronkowski gets a one-year $8 million deal. Shaq Barrett resigned four years, $68 million. That's less AAV than Leonard Williams got for a way better player, way better, at least a value player at this point. Uh, Levante David back two years, $25 million. Absolute steal for Levante David. He could have gotten paid in the free agent market. Mm-hmm. And then Kevin Binter, linebacker, also resigned a one-year deal. Matt, how are they doing this? I mean, when Tom Brady's making $9 million this year for a cap <laughs> I mean, yeah. that helps. I, you know, to me, the Buccaneers are the big winner in this free agency. You know, it's, it's been home run after home run. I I have no doubt they're re-signing Antonio Brown. That's going to be next. Uh, God, they got two other guys that they're in talks with to bring back. So, or Dominic and Sue, one of them. And and Leonard Fournette. That's the other big one. If you, if you tell me they're bringing all three of those guys back. Yeah, I believe it. And then they're going to get James White. So to to me, this is all the Brady effect, Randy. It really Uh is. They see Brady taking less, but not really. Those voidable years are coming in handy. So to me, I I just, I I tip my cap to them. They are going to be tough to beat. I think they're beatable still. I still don't think they're a perfect team, but you know, depending on where you get them and how you get them, uh, but home run high home run signings for them. Really good job. And though Tampa's going to be back and, you know, they might not be done either. So like you said, they're going to probably add a couple more players and they are going to be, uh, you know, the defending champs. So still the team to beat. All right. We're going to stay in Florida, Vince's favorite place in the world. Our friend Vince <laughs> McCarnetti. Uh The Jacksonville Jacks came in with the most money of any team in free agency, not making any big splashes to this point, but still active. Uh, Carlos Hyde running back two years, 6 million, nothing there really. Jamal Agnew wide receiver, former Lions receiver, a uh, three-year deal worth 20 million. That's a lot of money for a guy. I don't know if he's that good. Uh, Philip Dorsett also agreed to sign with them. Some of the more notable names, I would say Shaquille Griffin from the uh, Seahawks, uh, three-year, $44.5 million deal. That's the biggest contract they've signed to anyone at this point. Uh, I'm just kind of sitting here looking at all these guys. You know, they gave the franchise tag to Cam Robinson, like, hey, Jacksonville, why don't you go make a move? Why don't you sign Kenny Galladay? Why don't you do something? I, th- I think this is to get in a position to be eight and eight. You know, they want Trevor Lawrence to be somewhat successful. Um, I, I think they're looking at the AFC South and seeing Indianapolis there as still kind of the team to beat. Tennessee is still really good. I, I don't know if they're going to be able to compete with those two teams, but I think it's to get marginally better and then maybe make some moves. I I, I agree with you. I personally don't get it. Like I, I like Shaquille Griffin. I, I like that signing a lot. 
Are you telling me you couldn't afford a guy like Joe Tooney? Why aren't you in the Trent Williams sweepstakes? The, oh, yeah. the, the best friend to a young quarterback is a really good offensive line. And <clears throat> while I said it is good, um, it's a good to average draft for offensive linemen when you get past Slater and Sewell. But I mean, it, it, you got Trent Williams on a platter. You got Joe Tooney on a platter. You got the money. You can sign both of them if you wanted to. And, and you just come with some lackluster stuff. I, I don't like it. Yeah. Uh, Roy Robertson Harris also getting a three-year deal worth $25 million. Yeah, it's too uh, much for him. It's a lot of money. I, I feel like they should be more responsible. And, you know, some of these high-end guys, because they have the money to actually pay for them. And, uh, you know, they're just kind of chilling. So I, I wonder what the Jacksonville is going to do. Uh, we're going to stay in division because the Tennessee Titans uh, lost Sean Smith, lost Corey Davis. Uh, and they're probably going to lose Clowney, which is probably okay. But uh, the one interesting move they made, uh, they signed a guy who tore his ACL that we both like a lot. Bud Dupree from the Pittsburgh Steelers. They gave him a five-year deal worth $85 million and $35 million guaranteed. I know a lot of teams were staying away because they didn't know how the ACL was going to impact him going forward. The Titans don't seem to have much concern. Uh, man, it, it's hard. So two things with Tennessee that worries me. The biggest loss, and we mentioned all the names, John Smith, um, oh God, I forgot the other player, Corey Davis. Arthur Smith is the biggest loss for this team. Yeah. You know, that, that, that offense may not look exactly the same and losing an offensive coordinator that talented hurts, but Bud Dupree, I, I tend not to worry about ACL injuries when it comes to specific positions. Yeah. Edge rusher is not one of those positions where I'm not concerned about it. I, I am slightly concerned because you're doing a lot of bending, planting, driving to, to me. It's a, it's a little bit of concern. Will he be healthy? I think so, obviously. You know, it's more or less a nine-month injury. But if he can return to normal, I, I think it might be a steal for them at five years, $85 million with 35 guaranteed. Yeah, uh, players recover way easier from ACLs than they used to. So if he comes back healthy, he is the pass rusher that they definitely want him to be or need him to be. So I like the move for Tennessee. I wish the, uh, the Giants were in on a bunch of pre or maybe some other teams that needed a pass rusher, but that's a lot of money. I think more than most people were willing to give, but maybe the Titans are just more confident uh, than that. All right, Matt, uh, we are going to move on. I don't anywhere in any direction you would like to go into right now. You know what? Let's head off to the NFC West. I know there's been a lot of speculation since we last been on the air about Russell Wilson, uh-huh. the Seattle Seahawks, the Arizona Cardinals, definitely going to lose Hassan Reddick. Not a whole lot of noise coming out of the NFC West. The 49ers signed Jason Verrett again. They, well, they re-signed him. Uh-huh. But the Rams, Leonard Floyd, four years, $64 million. Matt yep. Stafford. Are the Rams the class in that division? I think so. Uh, I don't see how they're not. <laughs> they have more <laughs> high-end talent than everyone else, and I think they have the best coach in the division. I, I like Kyle Shanahan, but I, I just think I like Sean McVay more. Uh, losing Brandon Staley as their defensive coordinator might hurt, but, hey, you have Aaron Donald on defense. That's the most important thing. Uh, this is an Aaron Donald contract. I feel like Leonard Floyd needs to cut Aaron Donald piece of this deal <laughs> because uh, he got uh, other guys paid. I'm, their names are blanking me, uh, uh, are blanking on me here, but there are guys that the Rams have signed, and Dominican Sue, uh, and uh, I wish I could think of his name. He was drafted by Jacksonville, but Jalen anyway, Ramsey. No, not Jalen Ramsey. He was a pass rusher. He went to the the, the Falcons. Oh, Dante again. Fowler. Dante Fowler. 
this is like the third guy in the in a row, mind you, that Aaron Donald has single handedly made to look better and made a team kind of overpay for them because I like Leonard Floyd, but a four year, sixty four million dollar deal feels like an overpay. Yeah, I mean, I, I've had the unfortunate privilege of watching Leonard Floyd play for the Bears. Um, he was supposed to be this pass rusher. They had to acquire Khalil Mack to help him, you know, to get those two dominant pass rushers. It never came to fruition. Leonard Floyd is a really good football player, but he's not a great football player. He's good at setting the edge, helping stop the run. But like you said, I mean, he needs to cut Aaron Donald some money because a lot of those numbers were inflated because Aaron Donald was getting double and triple teamed. So to me, I don't love the Leonard Floyd signing. I think it's too much for a team that already has to restructure Donald Ramsey and Robert Woods and Cooper yeah. Cup. But yeah. they got the quarterback. They're all in. You know, I, I think when you take a look at a team like San Francisco, who's going to get healthy, I, yeah. I think that's the thing that we have to look at. But they're losing Trent Williams. Uh-huh. We don't know who Jimmy Garoppolo is. They still don't have any wide receivers that scare me. Debo Samuel is pretty good. And I forget the kid out of ASU, Brandon Ayuk, I think. Yeah, Ayuk was – I like Ayuk. Uh, I like him a lot, actually. Uh, Debo is fine. But uh, Kittle, it really comes down to how good George Kittle is and how healthy he is. This, this, he is He is obviously their, their number one target. Uh, they also re-signed Kyle mm-hmm. Juszczyk, Juice, uh, to a five-year deal worth $27 million. Probably the most popular and the best fullback in the NFL. Uh, Maybe the only fullback in the NFL. Yeah, uh, the only fullback that is consistently involved in an offense, I would say for sure. Uh, so, you know, he's a popular player for the Niners. All right. Uh, so the the Rams, I wanted to bring up, lost John Johnson. It was popular yeah. safety. So we're going to go to the team that signed him in the uh, AFC North, and it is the Cleveland Browns. John Johnson signing a three-year deal worth $33.75 million <laughs> deal, basically $34 million, but $24 million guaranteed. I think this is a great uh, spot for him. The Browns struggle in the secondary. They needed a safety. They need safety help in particular. Uh, I think John Johnson is a perfect fit for Cleveland. Yeah, when you take a look at the defense that's really strong in the front seven with Miles Garrett and, you know, um, you know some of the other pieces they have there, I like their front seven. The secondary's always been the issue. I think Denzel Ward's a fantastic player, but if he's not healthy, that secondary is bad. So now you get John Johnson, which is a huge upgrade. Make no mistake about it. When you go from not being able to stop anybody from throwing to now you got, you know, two competent pieces out there, if not, you know, Pro Bowl pieces. Now it gives you the flexibility in the draft that you need. So you're not necessarily drafting for need. You get to draft some positional, you know, add strength to a position so i'm interested in what the browns are going to do i wish they would do more but i think they may be a little cash strapped here yeah i I would like to think that they're not done but like you said they're not they don't have the most money available so (laughs) we'll see about that uh we're gonna move to a division rival for the browns to the baltimore ravens where uh within hours of the legal tampering period they signed former giants guard kevin zeitler who was a (laughs) casualty cut because of the leonard williams situation uh 31 year old agreed to a three-year deal worth 22 million 16 million guaranteed and uh, look, the Ravens already have a stud running game, a stacked offensive line, it feels like, and he's going to fit right in with them, I think, ultimately. I don't think he's going to show up and block for Lamar Jackson, and they're going to be great. 
Yeah. Um, what this signing does, in my opinion, is it makes the Giants that much weaker in a position uh -huh. that they need to be better at. Yep. And the Ravens, they have bled a lot on defense. Uh -huh. uh, here's what the Ravens think. Scheme-wise, they can control this defensively. What they think they need is offensive linemen to help facilitate a very strong running game. Uh -huh. They are going to live and die by the run. Lamar Jackson will probably average 15 carries and whatever trio of running backs they trot out there. I like the signing because it helps. You have Orlando Brown, who may or may not be traded. So He wants I, out, so... Yeah, and I, I honestly, he is a big dude. Uh -huh. I would make that phone call. He he is a really good football player. So maybe Zeitler is to help mitigate that future trade. Right. But, you know, we don't know. But I, I like what Baltimore did with the Zeitler signing. I really hate everything else because these are good players that they did lose. Yep. Uh, Baltimore will still be good. I'm not worried about them. Uh, and they might not be done. They're, they're smart about this stuff, and we'll see what happens with the Orlando Brown Jr. situation. Uh, all right, to the Bengals. They're going to finish off here in the AFC North. Uh, the Steelers are not doing a whole lot, so we don't really need to talk about them. But uh, I like the Bengals here. Uh, Brandon Allen resigned. Okay, whatever. Trey Hendrickson is the signing I like here. Four years, $60 million interior defensive lineman. Or he's a, actually a pass rusher. He's a defensive end. Uh, they lose Carl Lawson, but they seem to be replacing him here with Trey Hendrickson. Yeah, I, I think Trey Hendrickson is – he's a good player. Made a lot out of not a big profile coming out. So I, I, I think it helps them. I, I think Trey Hendrickson will help mitigate the loss of Carl Lawson. But to me, it's just like – you know, you, you could have had Carl Lawson for the same price, essentially. So I, I guess it's a wash. Um, I'm just not sure if I'm a huge fan of it. I think Hendrickson was a big part of the Saints defense, which we talked about well, was pretty damn good last year. So yep. uh, I, I like that move. They also signed Chidobe Ewuzie, the safety. I believe I nailed that name. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> the safety quarter for the Cowboys. It felt like this guy got cooked every game for Dallas, which they got cooked most of the time, but maybe in a different situation, he could have more success. They gave, they gave him a three-year deal, so they obviously like what they saw. Yeah, not a huge fan of it. I, I think anytime you get defensive backs, one thing you can't coach is speed. And yeah. uh, unless you're playing a zone-based scheme, which the Bengals might be, I Lord knows I don't want to watch a whole lot of Joe Burrow, less Cincinnati <laughs> Bengal tape. So um, not a huge fan of it. And I, th I think at the end of the day, the Bengals are further away than what a lot of people may think. I, this is still a last place team in this division, even yeah. though even though the 49ers 25 minutes ago just released Vince Williams. Okay. Uh, yeah, they're veteran linebacker. So that's kind of a huge loss. It saves them $4 million on the cap, though. So Vince Williams is out there if anybody needs an inside linebacker or a linebacker in general. So, um, but the Bengals... It's just last place. Not, not, not a whole lot of – I don't feel good about it. I don't feel bad about it. I just think this team's far away. Yeah, uh, you know, they're going to hope that they get uh, Sewell who followed them at five and bolster that offensive line and hope Burrow comes back from injury and kind of build off of that, but they're not particularly close. Uh, all right, we're going to – I think it's time, Matt that we go to your team in the <laughs> NFC North, the Chicago Bears, who have uh, been relatively quiet so far. They franchise tag Allen Robinson, uh, Mario Edwards, uh, three-year deal, 11 and, yeah. a, 11 and a half million. 
Cairo Santos back three years, nine million, and then Pat O'Donnell, Pat O'Donnell, the punter, back for a one-year deal. Uh, the Bears feel like something's brewing there, but I'm not exactly sure what what's going on in Chicago land. Yeah, I, I think three things that we all need to keep an eye out. No, number one is the quarterback position, obviously. That that's the biggest shoe that's going to have to drop, and they are reportedly. Um, with San Francisco as being in the running for Andy Dalton, a lot of people feel Andy Dalton's m- more likely going to end up with San Francisco. The Bears really tried to get Jameis Winston, and Jameis Winston decided to go back to New Orleans. So mm-hmm. dodged a bullet there, in my opinion. <laughs> so, But at the end of the day, let's take a look at Anthony Miller, wide receiver. He's been with the team for, I think, three years now. I, I feel like it's been mostly underwhelming. They are trying to move his contract. And what they're trying to do is send them to either the Giants or the Jets. Those have been the two teams that I've heard most about. And they're trying to get maybe a third or fourth round pick for them right now. It looks like a deal is going to get done. Anthony Miller will not be a bear. And we could pretty much put that in writing. The Trent Williams rumors are starting to pick up a lot of steam. The Bears appear to be close to signing him. Um, Brad Biggs was mentioning it earlier, Chicago beat reporter and Patrick Finley as well. But the third biggest point is Cairo Santos getting that contract after Cody Parkey and then whatever the hell that mess was in 2019. <laughs> I, I, I can't even begin to describe how screwed up that was. Now you have a reliable kicker who was really good last year. And I think kicking... I personally hate kicking. I hate field goals. I hate that part of the game, but I understand it's necessary, but it's nice to know that if we're within 40 yards, we have a 90 something percent chance of making that field goal. So that that's something that I can like rest easy on. So huge signing there with Cairo Santos. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Look, yeah. The most iconic bears moment in the last five years is the double doink. So <laughs> you need a kicker uh, The kicker suck. Uh, no one has really a reliable kicker these days, but if you have one that is somewhat consistent that you somewhat trust, you kind of have to keep them there because uh, those are not the most reliable people. All right. I want to go to, I want to stay in your division, the NFC North, but I want to go to Detroit. Uh, Cause you know, they traded for Jared Goff uh, last month. And with the Matt Stafford deal. Uh, and now they're trying to give him some weapons. They gave him, and they signed Tyro Williams, uh, the Chargers wide receiver, to a one year, four and a half million dollar contract. Look, I, I don't hate Tyro Williams. He's okay. But or maybe this is the, was this the Tyro Williams I was on Oakland last year? I'm confused which Williams this is. I want to say it is. I'm pretty sure it is. Okay. So, yeah, it was. It was Tyra Williams from the Oakland Raiders. But uh, he actually had moments with Carr who looked, who had shown flashes. I wouldn't be surprised if he comes in and has a decent year. Uh, I don't think it's the greatest weapon ever, but, you know, less than $5 million, what do you expect? And then they re-signed Romeo Aquara. I think when you have good players, you kind of have to keep them, and this is a good move. Three years, $39 million for the former Giant, who they should have never let go to begin with. But Romeo Aquara is a damn good football player, and he would have gotten money, I think even more money than this on the free agent market because he's a pass rusher, and he's a good one at that. So nearly $40 million for Aquara on the defensive side of the ball. I don't know. I don't think the Lions are done either. Yeah, I don't think the Lions are done, but to me – it's going to be interesting how they look at Jared Goff and what they do in the draft. Um, They can go a lot of different ways. They have to get better defensively. And I think they have to get better on the offensive line Um, with Matthew Stafford getting beat up as much as he was 
we're going to see a very interesting experiment here, if you will, because we always talked about how Jared Goff was in this very comfortable system, protected. Now he is going to be getting smoked by some of these premier defensive players in this division. I mean, let's face it. The Vikings have a very good defense, underrated defense, I think. The Packers have a very good underrated defense. The Bears obviously have a very good um, defense as well. When we talk about Robert Quinn, Akeem Hicks, Khalil Mack. I mean, those boys are for real. So, so now Detroit is going to get Jared Goff just absolutely <laughs> massacred here. But, you know, Motor City Dan Campbell. I mean, yeah. the guy's an animal, so we'll see. But we have Leon Tompkins saying that he thinks they go wide receiver at seven. Okay. Not, not a bad pick, but, man, like, I, I think Slater's the pick here. I think you have to take Slater out of Northwestern to help protect that offense. If he's there, uh, there's speculation that he might not make it to that, that far. So, wow. uh, yeah, okay, we'll see. Uh, the Vikings, I mentioned Dalvin Tomlinson, uh, two-year, $22 million. Love that deal for them. They're going to love him. Fun fact, uh, there's been two Dalvins to play in the history of the NFL, and the Vikings have both of them. So, uh, Dalvin Cook and Dalvin Tomlinson. Uh, they re-signed offensive line member Rashad Hill for a one-year, uh, $2 million deal. Steven Weatherly, the defensive end, one-year, $2.5 million. And Nick Vigil, one-year deal as well. So the Vikings kind of quiet, but I, I really love the Tomlinson deal. Yeah, and dropping news I just saw, uh, the Chiefs have released Damian Williams. Okay, all right. Wow. Well, he opted out last year, so uh, you know, CA, it's CEH's job to lose at this point. Yep, and the Titans have just released Adoree Jackson. Wow, former first-round pick, Adoree Jackson. Names are dropping now. All Here's right. Getting done. Okay, look at that. Uh, this is why we want to do the show today. And we got, I, I hope some wide receiver news uh, breaks while we're on the show because we have a, f- a few good ones out there still for the for the taking. Uh, all right, let's go to now. I want to go to Carolina because they took a player from the Vikings that uh, is relatively important. After giving the franchise tag to offensive tackle Taylor Moten, uh, they signed guard Pat Elfine, Elfine, uh, three-year deal worth $11.5 million. Uh, and look, the Panthers – I feel like something is ha- going to happen with Carolina. I, they want a quarterback. They should be in on Galladay. They want – I mean, Matt, Matt Rule is trying to make things happen. I don't know what, but they're trying to bolster an offensive line for some kind of move there. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be um, – if, if I had to guess, Deshaun Watson's very much in play here. Okay. Um, I, I just have to believe between them and Miami, Carolina's going to put together a package. Obviously, having the seventh overall pick – I'm sorry, not the seventh overall pick. I look, Carolina has eight or six or eight. I can't remember. No, Eagles have they six. Have, they have eight. Yeah, so with eight, they have some ammunition to trade with Houston. Houston might be able to get a quarterback like Justin Fields or Mac Jones, depending what their preference is here, or Trey Lance. I know a lot of yeah. people like Trey Lance. I'm not a huge fan of him. He hasn't played enough college football for my liking, especially in a small, very small um you know, conference to be in league, to be quite blunt about it. So the, the Panthers can make a lot of sense for a Deshaun Watson trade. Um, yeah. I don't see why he wouldn't want to go there because he's, you know, he went to college around Clemson. That fan uh-huh. base would be frothing at the mouth for him. He yeah. comes into a very offensively favored system. And, I, and I, I think it's a pretty decently run organization. The question is, are they going to be able to move Bridgewater's contract? Yeah, the Bears. <laughs> <laughs> 
Don't, don't put that on me. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't know. They paid Teddy a lot of money, so it's going to be hard to move him. They could just buy him out, but that would be quite the cap hit. So we'll see what happens there. I have a feeling Teddy, they're stuck with Teddy for at least another season. Yep, I feel the same way. All right, Matt Bushnell, uh, no moves for the Falcons. So that division is basically a wrap. I want to save the Saints for the end because it's a good transition into our final segment of the show. Yep. Uh, let's go to the Washington football team, same general region of the country. Uh, they somewhat fill in a quarterback uh, spot for at least this year. And Ryan Fitzpatrick, his ninth NFL team, I just love. He is the absolute definition of a journeyman quarterback. Uh, he won year $10 million deal. He's the starter day one. I'm sorry. He's better than, uh, than uh, the Heineke, and he's better than Kyle Atlin. So to me, Ryan Fitzpatrick is your day one starter in Washington. Yeah, and I bet they go quarterback in the draft. They're going to try like hell to move up in this draft because I think they really know that they have to get a long-term answer there. Um, That Dwayne Haskins hit. See, and and here's the thing that bothers me about drafting quarterbacks, Randy. And, you know, I have to say, but if you're not all in on a quarterback, why are you drafting them in the first round? So second round, I get. Like, Dwayne Haskins never jumped off the screen at me to be a first-round pick. Uh, you know, n- neither did Daniel Jones. I mean, that draft for quarterbacks was probably one of the worst quarterback drafts we've had in a while. It just wasn't very good at the elite talent. Um, but I, I think at the end of the day, when we take a look at the Washington Football Club, Ryan Fitzpatrick is perfect for a young quarterback. Yep. He can, you know, show him the ins and outs. I don't think I, I, Heineke is going to be interesting because is he, is he on the roster? I know he signed somewhat of an extension. Yep. He's got guaranteed money, so he's going to be on the roster, I think. Yeah. I don't think Kyle Allen is signed, but he might be. Okay. Well, well, one of these two. And you go get Fitzpatrick. So that complicates the draft process. Maybe they take a, you know, a Trask out of Florida or maybe um, Eifert or whatever his name is out of Texas. But either way, the Washington Football Club is drafting a quarterback. I, I think that's bar none what's going to happen here. But still, to me, this team is so talented. You just need to add a couple of secondary pieces, and you got to have a long-term answer at the quarterback position. And then you have really something with this quarterback position. Yeah, I like their roster. And here's like every we talk about uh, teams having success with with quarterbacks on their rookie contract this essentially gives you the freedom to build around uh, a guy for at least a year ryan fitzpatrick in the nfc east is good enough to win this division with the roster that you currently have constructed so if you don't want to go quarterback at 19 if all the quarterbacks are off the board which is totally possible you could take trask in the second round i think he would fall Uh, i don't necessarily think you have to reach for him at 19 Uh, or you just say hey we're gonna go all in on fitz magic this year and see what happens next year if this is a one-year thing, and it obviously is, Washington can easily win this division with Ryan Fitzpatrick, and I love that uh, they're going for it with him. I love that he's on his ninth team. I want him to play for 10 teams at least. I, I would love to see him get to – he's not going to get to 16 teams. That would be an ass mm-hmm. night. But a quarter of the teams would be pretty awesome too, which he already has, right? Yeah, eight would be a quarter. Uh, so good for, good for Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, the true journeyman of the NFL, especially at the quarterback position. I uh, love that move for Washington. Uh, Matt, well, where do you want to go now? I'm thinking Denver is kind of where I'm headed here. What do you think? Yeah, I think Denver is a little bit interesting. Um, you know, they, they franchise Justin Simmons. I'm not sure what else they've done here besides the Von Miller news. 
Right. So Von Miller, we thought maybe he would be uh, released, but they are picking up his option. So he's going to play for Denver in 2020. He's worth 19 million that uh, this year coming up. And he opted out last year. So we haven't seen Von Miller since 2019. Uh, Shelby Harris, a defensive tackle, staying in Denver on a three-year deal worth 27 million. And Ronald Darby, the corner, agreeing on a three-year deal for 30 million. So Denver uh, shoring up the defensive side of the ball. Which is needed. Uh, but still, we go back to Denver's a lot like, I feel like, the Washington Football Club. I really like Ron Vera. I really like Vic Fangio. I think both are really excellent head coaches, well, coaches sure. in general. But it's the quarterback position. I, I think Denver at the wide receiver position set. Offensive line, they may need to improve a little bit. But it just goes back to what's your answer at quarterback? Von Miller's great. You know, Ronald Darby, you know, he's a guy, but you got to answer the quarterback position in a lot of this league. You know, he did, a quarterback doesn't have to be great, but he has to be competent and good. He's got to be able to move the chains. He's got to get first downs and get you in scoring position. Yeah. So I'm interested to see what Denver does because I think they love Locke. Uh, I think he missed Cortland Sutton last year. So I think I want to see what hey, he looks like with Jerry Judy. Uh, I like Denver's roster. I would not be shocked if they are solid uh, this upcoming year, but I want to see what they do in the draft. Uh, all right. I want to move to Houston, which uh, is in Deshaun Watson, uh, no man's land here. But they've been active. They've signed a bunch of guys. Uh, Mark Ingram, one-year deal worth $3 million. Andre Roberts, uh, two-year deal worth $6 million. They traded for Marcus Cannon as the Patriots. Uh, does not go into effect until tomorrow, as most of these things do. Uh, Shaq Lawson in a trade with the Dolphins, but uh, for, for Bernardrick McKinney, mind you. Uh, let's see. Any Christian Kirksey, the linebacker, four and a half million. Vernon Hargraves back on a one-year deal. Terrence Brooks, the safety for two million. I mean, this is just a lot of stuff that feels like, all right, we're falling a roster. We're probably going to be in last place. Maybe the worst team in the league. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. You know, just a, a lot of pieces have to get put together here for Houston, yeah. and I don't think they have a lot of the answers. Uh, to me. I think it comes as simple as this, and it's difficult to equate, but Cal McNair is an issue here. And uh -huh. He's not the biggest issue. I think he could build some good faith with Deshaun Watson, but people hate Jack Easterby. Like, he is public enemy number one with the players in that organization. They do not like him. A lot of players want him fired. Yep. I, I feel like the only way to salvage the relationship with Deshaun Watson and keep him in Houston is to fire Jack Easterby. Yeah. But Cal McNair is somehow tied to this guy. I don't know how he is so interconnected with him. He's got a photo somewhere. Yeah. I mean, there's gotta be something like that because this is crazy, but yeah, this, I, I my viewpoint is this trade Deshaun Watson at this point, if you're not going to fire Jack Easterby trade Deshaun Watson. And I think we got an indication of that, right? You know, when um, David Culley was doing the Jeremiah Trotter podcast, where uh -huh. he basically said, you know, more or less Deshaun Watson's not figuring into the team's future. Get it over with. Rip off the Band-Aid. They're probably going to trade him on draft night if it happens because then they can get four first-round picks. Yeah. But, and uh, it came out today that there's still so many teams interested, up, up to five teams that are uh, legitimate options for Deshaun Watson at this point. Well, yeah, I mean, basically it's name your price. For a 25-year-old quarterback, this, the sky's the limit for this kid. He, he is yeah. so good. So to me, it's just suck it up. Go 0-16. Go 1-15. Go 2-14. This roster sucks. 
you're going to be in last place in that division. Jacksonville's going to jump you. You're far away. So accumulate yeah. as many picks as you can get. For sure. We'll see what happens there. Obviously, we'll keep you updated uh, when it happens. All right, before we go to New Orleans in our wrap-up segment here, I want us to touch on Western New York and the Buffalo Bills retaining three of their players. Tackle Darrell Williams. He comes back in a three-year, $28 million contract. Guard John Feliciano also comes back in a three-year contract. And then Matt Milano, the linebacker who was coveted in, in, the, in the free agency world. A lot of teams were in on Matt Milano. The Giants, I heard, included. But he comes back to Buffalo for four years, $41.5 million. Buffalo is back and they are saying, you know, I don't care what the Patriots do. We're still the best team in this division. Yeah. It almost feels like the pressure is going to be on Miami here (laughs) because Miami hasn't done a whole lot of anything. They got draft picks and ammunition, which is great, but man, Kenny Galladay would be really good with the Dolphins, by the way. That that would make a lot of sense. I've heard rumblings of that. Yeah. But um, the Bills, I mean, hey, run it back. You you won the division by a lot of games last year. It wasn't like it was particularly close. The Dolphins are good, but it's two of the answer. We don't know. At the end of the day, uh, I think it's going to come down to the Bills and the Patriots now. And I'm leaning Patriots, but the Bills, you know, all depends. Can Josh Allen grow and not just rely on Stephon Diggs? We'll see. Uh, I think, you know, your opinion might change of the Dolphins land Deshaun Watson. Uh, But, you know, we'll we'll see how that shakes out. I still love the Dolphins roster and I love their coach. So I'm not counting them out. But best division in football right now. It's crazy how the, how far it's come, but I think you're right. Uh, it, it definitely has potential to be that. All right, so now we're going to wrap up with the Saints. And if, if you guys know anything about football news, you know where we're headed here. But we're going to talk about their free agency first. They re-signed Jameis Winston to a one-year, $5.5 million deal. Uh, this after extending uh, Taysom Hill for to a four-year, $140 million deal, which is literally just nonsense number-wise, which uh, we could break down, but it's kind of boring. Regardless, he's not going to make $140 million over the next four years but that's the number that they're throwing out there uh resigned Ty Montgomery to a deal on minimum deal uh and James Hurst the offensive lineman to a three-year deal and they they franchise tag Marcus Williams so the Saints are going to look different we'll get to it but what do you make of their free agency so far yeah man I really it feels like a team in transition they're trying to find their quarterback I don't think this team's good enough to win the division I I don't think they're going to be able to overcome the Panthers um, I, Cam Jordan might be the next guy out the door. I, I know people talked about Russell Wilson as a potential for um, New Orleans, but I think we could put the nail in the coffin with that, with Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill both being there this year. The, the numbers just don't work, and they would completely have to gut that roster. Like there'd be no one left at that point. And really, draft pick compensation, not a whole lot to be really, you know, lured by if you're Seattle here. So then, you know, you take a look at what they have here. And it's, to me, it's maybe a 10-win team. Yeah. Yeah, Got to make some moves, though. Yeah, we'll see what happens with the Saints because, you know, for the first time in 15 years, they will have a different starting quarterback. That is because on Sunday, Drew Brees, the all-time leader in passing yards and the second all-time passing touchdowns, one of the greatest quarterbacks ever, uh, has announced he's retiring at 42 years old. We've been waiting for this decision, uh, and he finally announced it. He let his kids do it in a cute Instagram video uh, saying that, you know, we're happy our dad can come home and spend more time with us. Uh, and 
Uh, look, Drew Brees is 42 years old. We, we talked about how he declined physically big time in the last two years, so this was expected. He's going to make a transition to NBC Sports as the color commentator. Uh, commentator. He eventually will take over for Collinsworth, I assume, but he's going to do uh, the games with Tariko, which I cannot wait for. But he's going to do Notre Dame games. He's going to do the Thursday night games, uh, the non-Sunday night games, and he's going to do the Olympics. So we're going to still see Brees around, but we're not going to see him play quarterback anymore. Matt Bushnell, after 20 years in the NFL, Brees, what is his legacy in the NFL? One of the greatest ever. I don't think you could take that away from him. I no. mean, we constantly do like a top five, you know, we're, we're right, so right. quick to point the goat and <laughs> each, each thing is so different. I mean, Brady's definitely the most, award, you know, the, he's collected the most accolades, but by right. all means, you know, but to, to me, each quarterback writes their own story. It's a little bit different. And Drew Brees is definitely one of those quarterbacks that got the most out of every ounce of whatever he had. Uh, you know, not the strongest arm, you know, he was the first overall pick in the second round by a team that had the first overall pick and could have took Michael Vick, but instead they traded back to five to get LaDainian Tomlinson. And they paired that with Drew Brees, which shit, you drafted two hall of famers in the first and second (laughs) round. You can't get better than that at one of the most important positions, Yeah, but yet they still managed to let him go. But kudos to the chargers for drafting another hall of fame quarterback yeah. with philip rivers so to me drew well, technically they drafted a hall of fame quarterback eli manning technically. <laughs> there you go. Okay. There you go. and traded for another hall of fame quarterback yeah. at one point the chargers had three hall of fame quarterbacks in the span of 20 years but, right but, you know drew Brees goes down as just being deadly accurate you talk about one of the most accurate quarterbacks to ever play the game. That is Drew Brees. That is my, you know, when I think of quarterbacks, you know, I, I snipers, however you want to say, I mean, he was, if we talk about hockey snipers, that's what Drew Brees was in football. He was a quarterback sniper. If you were open, he was going to put it in the, in the spot where you would be the only one to catch it. So to me, it's a wonderful career. Drew Brees, congratulations. I know you're probably not going to hold your, records for too long because tom brady's gonna play until he's dead so yeah pretty much <laughs> breeze was the first guy when i was learning about football that was like he's short and he has to go like this to see over the offensive line all the other guys were so much taller that they could see over the line and i was like that's crazy that he's like a little guy but he's six feet tall but he's little compared to everyone else and he <laughs> is but i remember that being a huge thing when i was a kid like wow he like these people are so big that he has to literally look over them uh that he was still so good and uh, i always appreciated that uh it's fitting that you know we're doing this at the end of our free agent frenzy show because he is arguably the greatest free agent signing in the history of the sport uh in 2004 Five, he suffered a, shul- a season-ending shoulder injury with the Chargers. Uh, it was a 360-degree labrum tear with rotator cuff damage. And it was such a concern that it changed football, the whole football landscape because the Miami Dolphins were going to sign him. And then head coach at the time, Nick Saban, decided he did not trust the shoulder situation. The, the team doctor said, hey, we don't think his shoulder is going to hold up. That singular decision changed football because then he signs with the Saints. The Dolphins signed Dante Culpepper, and then Saban is back in college winning national championships with Alabama. 
So to me, uh, this was the single greatest and, and maybe most important free agent signing ever because what he means to the city of New Orleans, and I know what you're rolling your eyes for, uh, <laughs> but I, I've, been, I, I've been lucky enough to go to New Orleans before in my life and what he means to that city and what he did for them after Katrina. Uh, and it, it, it cannot be understated what he meant to that city. And, uh, and I think of leadership at the quarterback position. I think of Drew Brees. I think of him in the huddle, breaking down before the game, preaching to them. You don't see a lot of quarterbacks doing that. You see a lot of defensive ends or linebackers or just whatever team leader is. But you don't see a ton of vocal quarterbacks. And I, I appreciate that on Drew Brees. That's how I will remember him. But uh, we have news, apparently, Matt Bushnell. If you're watching the show, you can see the look on his face. We go from a great quarterback to one that uh, – Leaves a little bit to be desired, especially now for your Chicago Bears. Fuck. <laughs> this is raw and pure emotion, but seriously, fuck this shit. Like Andy fucking Dalton to the Bears, Jacob Moses. Just if Jacob, if this is true, um, fuck. Just this is hot bullshit. Oh my God. <laughs> I believe we said last week when you were talking about how excited you were for Russell Wilson uh, to be a bear <laughs> that uh, the day that uh, a different, lesser quarterback would be the Bears quarterback, I'd have to laugh. And here I am. I don't want to laugh, but it's uh, kind of funny. Uh, I'm trying to get it confirmed here. Uh, so help me here, uh, Jacob, and tell me where uh, you saw this. I'm on Twitter right now looking for the Andy Dalton news, but yeah, I'm, I'm trying to follow Josina Anderson to see if she has anything on it. Yeah. Ian Rappaport a minute ago, <laughs> the bears are expected to sign free agent quarterback. Andy Dalton, the new starter uh, gets one year deal worth 10 million. He is assuming he is going to be the starter in Chicago. If you are watching the show live, ladies and gentlemen, uh, you are witnessing an all-time moment here on the Audible. Uh, <laughs> I am congested as all hell. I cannot breathe out of my nose, uh, and I cannot contain my excitement to watch Andy Dalton play football for the Bears. Uh, for as as bad as I feel in my breathing situation at the moment, I, I have to feel better than Matt Bushnell does right now. Yeah, this, man. To, all right. I, 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 we're running out of time here, but I, yes. I'm going to go on a rant. But this is the last thing I'm going to say. When those two assholes sat up there and said, we, ha- we know we have to get better at the quarterback position. We have to get better at the quarterback position. And your answer is to trot out fucking Andy Dalton and Nick Foles to have a better quarterback situation. What, what the fuck are you... Give me Mitch Trubisky over this bullshit. I know what Andy Dalton is. He didn't win shit. You're not better. You're worse. You're you're fucking worse. You dumb fucking, you know what? Suck my dick bears. Suck my fucking dick because I am sick of this shit. I've endured decades of terrible quarterback play. You better pull out Russell Wilson because if Russell Wilson's not a Chicago bear in August, I ain't watching a fucking bears game. I ain't going to watch the tape. I ain't going to watch shit on this garbage ass franchise. There you have it. The red rifle going to Chicago, presumably the starter, unless something crazy happens here. Hey, this is not how I expected to end the show. 
I expect it to be praising one of the greatest to ever do it, who's hanging up his cleats. Congratulations, Drew Brees, on a wonderful career. Matt Bushnell, hey, congrats on a new quarterback. You know, you really wanted one, so I'm happy for you there. Uh, they change the scenery for the Red Rifle. We'll, we'll do them good. But, hey, we got to go here on the Audible, Matt. Uh, we, we could talk about Andy Dalton all day, but I don't think either of us really wants to do that. So, uh, hey, check out all the shows we got under the Life Group umbrella. But we'll be back next Tuesday with all of the news around the football world. Thank you guys so much for the supporting us. Matt, is there any parting words you would like to say to the audience? Nope. Didn't think so. All right, on behalf of Matt Bushnell, I'm Randy Hammond saying thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you next week.